0: Grace and peace to you from God, our creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. So when I moved from Virginia to Minnesota 18 years ago, I was warned by the locals, Minnesota sports teams will break your heart. Much as I love watching the Vikings, the Twins, the Wild, the Loons, and the Gophers, Sadly, this has proven very true. (laughs) Loving Minnesota sports teams is a recipe for disappointment. If they ever get close in the playoffs to any kind of title, they always fall short. To be human is to love, right? We are desiring creatures. We long to connect with or adore people and things whether chocolate or tennis or jazz or home-cooked meal or a walk in the forest or friends or children or partner or spouse, to be alive is to navigate many loves. Now, not all loves are life-giving, right? We might love power or money or control or one group at the expense of others. But regardless, as humans, we are wired to love. So in today's gospel that you just heard, Jesus has this exchange with the Pharisees and prior to that with the Sadducees. These were these religious leaders at the time. And you can imagine this scene playing out a little bit like, you know, a politician on the campaign trail with the cameras rolling and they're, they're trying to, journalists trying to ask him or her a kind of gotcha question. They're seeking to trap him. Now, the Pharisees were so focused on following the rules and then the status that that gave them that they kind of missed the point about why all those rules existed in the first place. And Jesus, in his teaching and ministry, is just kind of cutting through all of that, right? Which presents a challenge to them and to their status in particular. So they try to kind of set up a trap for him and ask him a question about the Jewish law. So which of the 613 commandments in the Jewish law is the greatest? And Jesus does something really interesting in his response. He combines two of them. So the first comes from Deuteronomy 6.5. This is known as the Shema. It's, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your minds. Right? This is the Shema is recited to this day by many Jews seven times a day as a reminder that loving God above all is kind of the, the North Star that we need to orient our lives to. But then Jesus adds to this, Another part of the law, this is from Leviticus 19.18, You shall not take vengeance or bear grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Jesus is doing something really interesting here, right? He's pairing together loving God and loving neighbor in an interesting way that suggests that there is a deep relationship between the two. Now, I want to suggest that we can't love our neighbor rightly without loving God, and we can't love God rightly without loving our neighbor. What does this mean? We can't love our neighbor rightly without knowing God's love. For, see, God's love is unconditional. It's not dependent on our perfection. The foundation of our relationship with God is this unconditional promise or love from God. It's not transactional. It's not contingent upon us doing things for God, earning God's love and affirmation. And the Pharisees seem to be missing this. They thought it was about following all the rules, getting all the rules right, and never breaking them which leads to excluding those who don't follow all the rules right. Think about your life and our world and how many relationships and things that we experience are actually transactional, right? Not unconditional. And our own attempts to love God can be this way sometimes, right? We can work hard to try to earn God's love. We can try to follow all the rules hoping that it pleases God. But this is fundamentally mistaken on a basic level. We have it backwards. God loves us for who we are, not for what we do or don't do. God's love is not a quid pro quo. It comes to us in the very midst of our inability to get it right. It comes to us in the very places of emptiness, of brokenness. When we are at our worst, if it's up to us to earn God's love, I think we're all doomed. Because sin is too powerful, right? Sin is an old-fashioned word. Sometimes in the church today, we don't want to use it that much. But it is really powerful to recognize as a power of estrangement, alienation, separation, self-centeredness that is deep within us and between us in our world. We see the consequences of it playing out, of course, all around us. It's part of the human condition, and it messes all of us up on some level, which means we will get things wrong. We will be at a loss. We will be imperfect. We will not be able to get it all right. But the power of the gospel of God in Jesus is that God binds God's very self to us in love unconditionally which means nothing can separate us from God's love. We don't have anything to prove. Ultimately, we have nothing to earn. There are no ultimate transactions that define our relationship with God, our standing before God, only the exchange that Christ makes by joining us in utter solidarity on the cross, in the places of most God-forsakenness, the places of suffering and injustice and loss. And there, God takes our estrangement into God's own life and frees us from it by joining us in relationship, in a relationship that is enduring and permanent and not dependent on us. That frees us, then, to live in God's way to follow God's commandments, which are all about shaping a life of loving others, right? So because of God's love, we can love others unconditionally. We are freed to seek our neighbors flourishing rather than manipulating or using people as instruments of our own ends. We can love with open hands, with open hearts. So we can't love our neighbor rightly without loving God. And we can't love God rightly without loving our neighbor, right? This is where Jesus, I think, connects these two. Because loving God means joining in relationship with others. We are made in the image of a God who loves, who gives, who is in relationship. And we do this not to earn God's favor, but as an expression of what it means to be created in God's image. Loving God means being with others, participating in god's love for them and when we're freed from having to justify our own selves improve anything in that sense we can look to our neighbor's need we can get beyond ourselves because it isn't all up to us there is a power of god's love that flows through us that is the power of the holy spirit knowing god's love in christ means that we're free to join people where they are and to share the grace that we've received. This begins with being with people and listening compassionately to their stories. Last year, All Saints embarked on a process of listening both within the congregation and also here in the Midtown neighborhood, listening to neighbors' spiritual stories and yearnings and experiences. And among the many things that surfaced from those rich conversations was a yearning for connection and community, for spaces to come together around life's big questions. This year is a time for All Saints to begin to experiment in what it might mean on the edges of this church's life to try some expressions of Christian community and conversation that connect with those neighbors, maybe neighbors who aren't gonna show up here on Sunday morning, but who are yearning to connect. And in those spaces, there's an opportunity for conversation, for deep listening, out of love and care for these neighbors, where their stories, their struggles and their dreams can be heard, their experiences of yearning for God Connect can connect with your experiences of yearning for God and God's love. I'm going to be excited to see where the Spirit leads you all as a congregation in this journey. St. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, God. We're going to take a moment of silent prayer, and in that time, I invite you to sit still. Whatever is restless in you, I invite you to receive God's promise of unconditional love for you, for who you are, not what you do or don't do. Receive that promise. And then listen for how you might be freed this week, this day, to love others in your life, in your neighborhood, out of that unconditional promise. Amen.